Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, TJ Peterson. And joining us today, longtime friend of the show and our boss, Mr. George Richards. George, how are you doing today? Boy, that's about as loose a term, boss, as I've ever, I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard. I mean, I mean, A, you never follow my directives. I've been trying to point you guys in directions <laughs> with this show, and you ignore every single... I, I've tried to be the overlord. And it just hasn't happened, but it's good to be here. It's good to be with you both and Alex, whenever. Um, gosh, it's good to see you guys. Oh, that's I'm so sorry, nice. boss. We're, we've been meaning to hit those KPIs for you. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, right. What's that? that... <laughs> I'm like, what? Is that the is that the Kansas City Airport KPI? What? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. What do, what do you what do you think? One article a season? I think we can manage that. Yeah, <laughs> it works. We're, we're talking a big game about putting out articles. Whatever you guys want to do, you know the the door is always open. Thank you, George. Anything so, you guys want, bring. We it. we are obviously here in a very successful moment for the Florida Panthers. Uh, about twenty five games left in the season, twenty six games left for the Panthers. Uh, currently sitting in first place in the NHL by points percentage, only behind Vancouver in points. Uh, on whom the Panthers have two games in hand, 9-1-0 in their last 10, a six-game win streak, an 11-game away win streak, a 9-2 thrashing over Tampa. I mean, what? how how many times are we, are we going to just start a show with just in, an immense level of praise for this team this season? Yeah, uh, it's it's been unbelievable the run the Panthers have been on the past calendar year right uh when we talked last january um things weren't as as cheerful around the panthers but they have really picked things up and um it's 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 been amazing to see especially this season this team has picked up right where it left off um they're playing the same style of of hockey that brought them so much success in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs, um, and and and, it, and it's carrying over to regular season success. I mean, you look at this eleven game road winning streak, um, which Paul Maurice will probably talk about, but Paul Maurice is kind of poo pooed because hey, it started the you know right after Christmas, and here we are, you know, in in mid mid late February. There's been so many stops and starts. It doesn't feel like a real winning streak, but it's still eleven straight road wins. Right. Um, it's just it's just amazing what this team has done. They've put together a number of winning streaks. Um, they've had a couple losing streaks in there, um, but even their last losing streak, where they weren't playing bad, they were getting points. They just weren't getting the uh, the end result. I think it was a four game skid, um, and they were o two and two. So <laughs> you know they're playing really good. Um, and yeah, it, it it it's it's fun to see, it's especially when you're in these press boxes and you've got visiting scouts and visiting GMs and visiting media. And they all want to talk to to. I'm not draw. Yeah, I'm just saying they want. They come up to me and they want to talk about the Panthers and what they're doing right. And uh, it's a lot. They're doing a lot of things right right now. Yeah, and Paul Maurice likes to talk about this as playing playoff hockey in the regular season, and I think we're really. We're really getting a lot of that. I mean, are the chippy guys are being chippy, but not so in such a way that you know they're getting ejected out of games. I mean, you even right. got you even got a, a punch thrown at a Bob the other day. I right. mean, yeah, <laughs> this no, team no, is no, playing I, heavy. Yeah, I, I talked to Brandon Montour about this the other day, and it and it's the, there are two ways that that you know you you see teams all the time when that's their only focus is getting revenge and I've got to go after this guy and that guy and this guy, and they forget about the game that they're playing and the Panthers do not do that. They will. Yeah. They're going to go after you. If you, you know, you saw it in, in, in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago with Latang, 
Um, but the Panthers didn't keep their, you know, didn't take their foot off the gas and forget about the game that they were playing. They were still playing, you know, their game, although they did, you know, give up seven power plays <laughs> in that one. But they keep going. They keep playing the same game. And they score, and they're scoring. Go- they're not just a bunch of goofy goons out there. And this is a team that can they can put up some goals. Panthers have also uh, they have had uh, two shutouts in their last five games. Also, something very worth noting. It's not just the scoring goals. I mean, yeah, you've got the nine goals against against Tampa. You put up four against Colorado. You put against five against Pittsburgh. I mean, they are scoring, but they also the defensive effort is there. I mean, they're. They're top of the league in most of the predicted defensive metrics, and the goaltending has been there to support it this year. I mean, it's everything is just going well for the team right now. Yeah, we talked. We've talked about this. How many times did we talk about? Well, why is Sergei Bobrovsky a different goalie than he was in Columbus? It was because the defense in front of him in Columbus was much different than what Florida was rolling out there. Right, the first couple years. Now you're seeing the Florida defense. They're different styles. Yeah. You're seeing a different style of defensive hockey in front of both Bobrovsky and Stellars, and the numbers are reflecting it. The the Panthers are what? Giving up the second fewest goals in the National Hockey League? Something of that sort. Um, They've just been incredible defensively now. Last uh, Tuesday night against Ottawa, there were a couple mistakes here and there, but I asked Bob about that. He's like, you know, nobody's perfect, but but they've been so good in front of him. He's just like, he's loving life. He's like, this is great. He goes, they are, they're cleaning up rebounds. They're chasing down pucks. They're, they're doing all kinds of, they're, you know, shutting down passing lanes. Panthers are doing a lot of good stuff defensively, and it's not, and it's what every hockey coach preaches. Defense turns into offense. If you're, if you play the right way on the defensive end of the ice, you're going to get your chances on the offensive end. And the yeah. Panthers are proving that right now. They're playing so good on both ends. Um, the, the entire team is playing the, the, uh, the proverbial 200 foot game. And TJ, I'm going to, I'm going to tag you in here after making the first part of this point uh, about Bobrovsky. Uh, and the whole question of the Columbus Bob versus Florida Bob and playoff Bob versus regular season Bob, that Columbus Bobrovsky that was so crazy good in the regular season but somehow managed to collapse every playoffs except for when they swept Tampa. I mean, he was playing 60-plus games in the regular season, and by the time the playoffs roll around, he's overworked, he's tired. The Panthers haven't been doing that to him. And TJ, I'm going to tap you in on this one. We talked about it a little bit on the last episode. I don't have the numbers in front of me because I'm using a different computer. Sorry. But the trend that I noticed was that the two best playoff runs of Bob's career were unsurprisingly in Florida. Uh, And the one thing that you noticed about those is that he did not play nearly as much in the regular season as he had in the four seasons that he played in the postseason in Columbus those season I'm only talking about full seasons here so the uh the bubble and the season that they played the lightning in the first round and lost in six games those I'm not counting because it's a little bit different to configure like how time on ice for a goalie in the regular season impacts their playoff performance when it's a shortened season but uh, I did want to ask you, George, as somebody that is, you know, following this team from day to day, do you think that that is something that they are monitoring? Do you think that they want to be intentional about Bobrovsky's workload on a macro level going into the playoffs? Not just like we don't want to play him four games in a row. They, they you would you guess that they have like a number of starts in mind for him? Yes, and it's funny you ask me that because uh, Monday. Um, we were in Fort Lauderdale and I just asked, I just asked Paul, I'm like, Hey, who's the goalie tomorrow? That's all I wanted to know. Just tell me, uh, he goes up, oh, Sergey, I'll be in. And then he goes on a 10 minute, 10 minute explanation on why they're playing Bob and they want him to get games. Yes, they absolutely have a number. And he was basically hoping that I would write that. So it got in, you know, so, it, so Bob could read it, you know, or Stolarz could read it. Um, they are watching it, but they do want Bob to get his games. They don't want Bob to get rusty. Um, last year he didn't play a whole lot of games, but there was injuries in there. There was illness in there. Um, you know, the, the reason the Alex Lyon 
uh, thing went down was because Bob was sick. Bob could yeah. not play that game in Toronto. Um, Florida won. Uh, Bob's still sick. All right, Alex Lyon, do it again. And he did. And then he ends up winning the job because of, because you couldn't take the guy out of the net. Um, and it ended up, it ended up working out magically, uh, you know, because Bob hadn't played in a month by the time he slid into game three, uh, against Boston. So, um, or game four, whatever it was, you know, it had been a month since he played, but he wasn't rusty. Um, he was rested and ready to go. So, yeah, I would think the last two, three weeks of the season, I think we're going to see more Stellars and less of Bob. But, you know, listen, that's Rob Tallis's department, and he's working with Roberto Luongo when it comes to that, and Francois Allaire, they're all working on that. They know what the schedule's going to be. And with the Panthers in the situation that they're in, unlike Columbus in 2015, 16, 17, you don't need your goalie to put, you know, put your team on his back and carry you all the way into the playoffs. Right. Always helps though. Yeah. Right. But, but that's, <laughs> that's why Bob, Bob was physically exhausted by the time he made it to the playoffs because he had to pick up the, the blue jackets and drag right. them in himself. It's no coincidence that last year when Bob got on a hot streak and also the rest of the team was good that they made it to the finals is the short version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob Bob was terrific in the playoffs. There's there's no two ways about it. I mean, he was making you know, they, look at look at that, that game, you know, those that Carolina series. I think he had like 160 saves on 163 shots or something in the first two games. He was just unbelievable. And uh yeah, and he has carried that over into this season. Bob and Stolarz are both uh top 30 among all NHL goalies in goal saved above average, goal saved above expected, and Delta Fenwick save percentage. Uh, I, I mean, they're getting the work out of their goaltending tandem. It's 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 really nice because a, a, an effective goaltending tandem is not something that the Panthers have always had. <laughs> no, but they it, it's never really been that bad, right? I mean, the Panthers yeah. have been – the one constant this organization has prided itself on has been its goalies. Even even when Luongo was in Vancouver, the Panthers had you know Thomas Vokun, uh, a very underrated goaltender um, in the history of this franchise. I mean, you look at you know two thousand, they had what McLean, and then you then you had Vernon come in. I mean, they've always had good goaltending here. Um, for you know, for the most part, you had uh, you know you had your goalie of the future was was Jacob Markstrom, and yep. that just that just didn't work out, but you were getting Roberto Luongo back, so it didn't matter. Um, the goalie, the goaltending, you know, I mean, you look back, we've got a story coming out maybe Saturday uh, about the backups in, in Florida history, and they've they've been pretty good. But I, I get your point. There are have been some some games where you're like, oh my gosh, who's this guy going in? And listen, that was Alex Lyon last year. You held your breath when Alex Lyon was in there um, when he came in relief. Um, middle at the end of the year he was terrific not even not even you know not a problem at all but you know you remember that boston game they ended up winning it like five four six five something like that he made the saves at the end um but you know you know he just didn't look like the guy that you really put a lot of faith in he ended up doing the job though so what you're saying is the Panthers don't have Ivan Stolenko as uh, their backup goalie right now? <laughs> he, hey, he was underrated, man. He was underrated. When was what year was that? I think that was one of Luongo's first years, if I remember okay. right. Early on, yeah, that's before my, you know, before I was covering the team. Yeah, I don't even know speaking if I got of, the first. Speaking of backups, right got to see Jamie McLennan last night. Uh, he was here with the uh, Ottawa. Uh, he was Roberto's uh, backup in oh five oh six and. Always good to see noodles. I, I don't want to go too off the deep end because I know TJ's got something. Is there any truth to the rumor that part of the reason Luongo wouldn't resign is, or one of the Luongo's demands was that noodles we brought back that time when he was traded originally? Um, that was kind of an unwritten rule, yeah, because it didn't matter. Because like 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 noodles was joking last night, he only played like six games or six or seven. I think he said he played seven games that year. 
Um, so, you know, he, 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 he was like, he tells Jock Martin all the time. He goes, Hey man, you could have played me more in Florida. You know, you didn't have to do so. <laughs> so it didn't matter when you had Luongo playing, <laughs> you know, when you had Luongo playing 65 games, it really doesn't matter who your backup is. Yeah, it definitely didn't. Before we leave the goalie topic, uh, you know, something that we talk about on every episode, even though we basically say the same things. But now that we have somebody to talk about it with, I'll ask you, when was, let me phrase it this way. When was the last time you heard a person employed by the Florida Panthers say the name Spencer Knight? And what context was that in? Um, we don't talk a lot about Spencer um, only because he is down at the AHL. But I, I'll, I'll tell you that I was asked this yesterday about Spencer Knight. The Panthers know exactly what's going on um, with him at all times, because who's his goalie coach in Charlotte? It's Leo. Leo. Luongo. Yeah. Leo Luongo. So, yeah. So we're, we're not talking, but this was always the plan. Um, if Anthony Stolar, Anthony Stolars was going to be the, the, the going to be the backup goalie up until he, he didn't, you know, if, if it worked out great, if it didn't, it didn't. And it's been, it's far exceeded their expectations. Um, so you could just leave Spencer Knight down there and not worry about anything. Um, the, the the thought always was it's going to be uh, it's going to be Stellars and Bob, um, and then if we have an injury, Knight will come up, and then we'll just we'll play it by ear after that. Um, now they've kind of got a little bit of an issue, but again, this team has ten different plans for every different situation. Um, they know what they're going to do next, probably, or at least have a plan for what's going to happen next. And we'll just have to see, but no, we haven't talked. We really haven't talked, but that's because I haven't really brought it up. Um, I can see myself what he's doing in Charlotte, you know, there's what three or four goalies there. So we'll see it. it, We'll see what happens, but, 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 but don't think the Panthers have forgotten about him just because I don't, you know, nobody asks about him up here. The Panthers, for sure, paying attention. So I guess we'll segue the goalie talk in this. Um, the trade deadline is coming. Is Spencer Knight someone you think they're willing to discuss or they like it and they want to keep it, especially considering Bobby is 35? Yeah, no, I, I think they would all, They would discuss a lot of things. But, you, you know, it, Spencer Knight's making $4.5 million. And he's got a contract at four and a half million dollars for the next two years. Is that tradable right now? I mean, yeah, I it, think it, the bigger question is, do other teams want Spencer that's what Knight I'm saying. right now? That's, that's what, what he was saying, saying. TJ. I, I think a lot of teams would, would would be very interested in Spencer Knight because, yeah, he was the, he was a top, what, number 13 pick in the draft. Yeah. He's still yeah. only, what, 22 years old. Um, he's got NHL experience. Now he's getting some AHL seasoning experience whatever um yeah I, I think as a prospect he's still a viable prospect but right now he's got you know the old luongo contract that sucks and um it was signed at a different time and um we'll see what happens with that but would would the panthers trade him yeah they'll trade anybody i mean unless your name's barkov or kachuk you know yeah. they'll, they'll you know that nobody's untouchable um but I just don't see that 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 contract being movable right now. I don't know, George. I don't know if you heard uh, Bill with uh, LeBron on his podcast today, but he did mention Barkov as a possible trade candidate and an Adam Henrique trade. Oh well, then okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I take that back then. I guess yeah, Barkov. Yeah. For for those of you who haven't listened to it yet, it was yeah clearly that tongue- includes me. It was clearly tongue in cheek, and he was yeah. kidding. But uh, yeah, I get because you know he was on the podcast and LeBron was throwing a name out of it. Obviously, uh, Zito can't really talk anything without getting a tampering charge. So he goes, "Yeah, well, you know, we got Barkov, and we, you know, we could do something like that." And then yeah. everyone laughed and they moved on. Um, but what's that? The old, the old E four? What was that? Yeah, Eklund E four, E five. Oh, geez, what a clown that guy is. Um, yeah. But you know, since we're now talking trades. Uh, the big name that's you know been bandied about in terms of links to the Panthers is Noah Hannafin. Uh, I believe you wrote something about it earlier. David Dwork just wrote something about it. Elliot Friedman talked about it on 32 Thoughts. What are you hearing there? Is this something the Panthers are actively trying to find a way to make work? Or is this uh, 
hey, if all of a sudden the price becomes a lot more reasonable, we can talk. It's not going to become reasonable. You're, you're not going to see a, a player that that caliber um, become a reasonable ask at the deadline. It's, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. the only reason I wrote anything about it was because Elliot Friedman mentioned it. Um, I don't see how it works. How, how, do, how do you get him in here? Um, would he be an upgrade uh, over Dmitry Kolakov? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But what's it going to cost you? You don't have a you don't have a first round pick until twenty twenty six. Does Calgary want that? You know, take the twenty five and the twenty six from Florida. Um, it, it's going to cost a lot, and it's going to cost a lot to do with the deadline. I don't see Zito panicking like oh. Boston might get him or, Oh, Tampa Bay might get him. I don't, you know, not, you know, you see that in baseball a lot, right? The Yankees hear that the Red Sox are going after someone. And so they swoop in and get the guy. doesn't really work that way in hockey because you just don't have that much draft cap, but that draft stock and the Panthers certainly don't this year. So I just don't see it happening. No, I see the Panthers going after a middle nine forward. um, Maybe an Anthony declare type of player. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I've been I've been talked into Anthony Declare, so I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Um, and then that's about it. They're strong defensively, although you can never have too many defensemen. Um, but Hannafin, maybe in the summer as a free agent, but right now, I, I don't see it. What about a more marquee forward? You know, somebody that might have the same first name as one of the three members of this podcast that might also be from Nebraska and have blonde hair and play on Sidney Crosby's wing. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm no. The, okay. <laughs> no, they're, they're going to, I mean, they're, that they asked for that's going to be huge as well. I mean, yeah. Pittsburgh is reticent to do anything as it is. Um, what's it going to, you know, Sydney doesn't want to go through any kind of a, of, of, of a rebuild in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and now you're going to, you're going to trade his, his, the leading score. They're going to probably, but the ask is going to be huge. Just so that way you go to Sydney and say, dude, we could not turn that down. The Panthers don't have the kind of ammunition to, to make these kind of deals. Well, what if they were to throw in a they roster did. They player. did two years ago, and they did. They went, they went all in in 2022. Yeah, there's really no way for this team to go all in. They're just so asset poor. And, like, you know, Mackie Samuskevich, he's been fine in his development track, but no one's really banging down the door to get Mackie Samuskevich in their – in their organization. What are we saying that Anton Lindell's the third rail that we're not trading him for McDavid, you know, to, to to be hyperbolic, obviously, but like, come on. Jake Gensel is a better player than Anton Lindell. Yeah. But But you still need to replace making that deal done. Right. Anton, no, the Pittsburgh Penguins are not taking Anton Lundell for Jake Gunsel. I mean, it, you know, even it, with I, I, I don't Lundell, know. I mean, a one and a, I, I, we're, I, they're not taking that because they'll get that somewhere else. That's they'll an interesting point. Else. I have seen some Penguins fans say that they would. I mean, they're Penguins fans. They're not Kyle Dubas. That's one thing to point out here. Sure. But I have seen them say like, we would love to get Lundell and Samuskevich, and then maybe that twenty six first, maybe something else. If, I think if, that if, would get I, it done. I, I, no, I like if, one well, Dell, Samuskevich, and one other major. That's piece. a real steep price. But if but, you think Jake is signing here, it's not. If you think it, if, if 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 it's for a rental, you're not doing that anyway. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think you don't do plus rentals of that kind anymore. There's also a really interesting uh, cross section here of Anton Lundell, uh, in that. I think his trade value right now is probably close to the lowest it's ever been. But at the same time, he's starting to turn things around in a way that makes me real reticent uh, to, to use him as a centerpiece, especially when you consider that depth forwards in, at least in my opinion, depth forwards are what the Panthers need. So getting rid of Lundell, you would need to replace him immediately. And it- and you would replace him with Lusterinen yeah. or something like that. So, I mean, and listen, Paul Maurice loves veteran players. He doesn't want to go into the playoffs with Mackie Samuskevich and Justin Sordiff just yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I, I think you're going to just find you're, you're going to find yourself getting some players 
that, that, that Paul Maurice thinks he can trust veteran guys. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think it's going to be any of the big ones. Let, let me throw one more name at you, George. And it's another former Panther and we're not even leaving the team. Riley Smith. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if, if Riley Smith would become available, which sounds like he is, um, he's a free agent after this year, right? No, he's, he's actually got one, got more, one year more year left year, on that five-year deal. Cut five mil. Yeah. No, no, this yeah. is the two-year extension so, that he oh, signed. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm, I'm, sure, yeah, I'm going in the back of my head trying to remember all the contracts. Right, right, But right. also so, five yeah. mil a year. You'd need, you'd, need, you'd need to find 50% retention somewhere to make it. And that, and that they've been able to do. They've what been you want able in the offseason. Swing deals like that with the retention and all that stuff. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with Riley Smith coming back. Um, you know, the guy's obviously uh, – uh, a playoff veteran, you know what you're kind of going to get from him. He is a streaky sort. Um, yeah. And uh, any problems that he may have had within this organization um, from the front office, all those guys are well, gone. So. Yeah. He's going to see a bald coach and get PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, Paul right. Maurice isn't bald. That's um, true. I apologize, Mr. Maurice. <laughs> Uh, see, yeah, first of all, he'll, he'll see me and get pissed. I, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, first of all, George, the, I we we want to make sure we point out that Riley Smith isn't just a veteran player; he is a Stanley Cup champion. That's true. Right, uh, right. Well, <laughs> but that went without. Saying. Well, you know who else is Stanley Cup champion? Jake Gensel, Carter Verhage. But Carter Verhage is already here. I know. Um, no, I mean I'm I'm knocking down the door for Anthony Duclair. That's that's just I don't know what the price tag would be because uh, like, yeah, again I, I haven't I hadn't looked at Riley Smith's contract situation. So if he comes with a year of term, that's a, that's yeah. a different ask, right? True. If you're Pittsburgh, um, although he hasn't, you know, he is a streaky guy. He's not having a good season this year, um, but he obviously could pick it up, and he's he's pretty adept at scoring key goals. So. Um, yeah, I, I would kills penalties. Yeah, yeah, kills penalties. He he he's a yeah, he's not a bad defensive forward. He would he kind of fits into this this deal here. George, talk, are there any names that, that you're one? surprised aren't being connected to the Panthers more or like that you think should be connected to the Panthers more? No, no, because the Panthers like to keep that stuff. They they you know, they're trying to outsmart everybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they they're they're trying to you know, they, they, they pull sneaky stuff. I mean, they, there've been a couple of the obvious ones over the last couple of years where like, as soon as you saw it, you're like, yeah, that's got Florida written all over it lately. The most recent one obviously was Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. Um, Anthony declare was one, you know, mm-hmm. so, Claude well, Claude Giroux, we all knew, but that was well reported that he was only coming here and yeah. you know, deal or don't. Um, so no, I mean because you're it'll it'll be some guy you know it'll be it'll be a player from St. Louis or something that we don't you know we're looking we're looking at A <laughs> over here and it'll be D Bucinevich you know swing so. a Bucinevich trade all out oh, of nothing yeah. no, wow that's, that's, there you go right. wow. yeah, report that E five yeah that's true Bucinevich to Florida George Richards had it first that's a G five <laughs> right there baby um, no so I mean yeah I mean they've got you know they've got the entire. Uh, analytics department they've got scouts everywhere although they never pop up on the on the scout lists you never see whenever somebody's like there's 38 scouts at this game none of them are ever from florida um florida does a lot of video stuff um but they've got you know three four general managers in their front office and they're they've, they they know what's going on at every point they they'll get somebody don't you worry i actually think that florida trying to outsmart everyone is a little bit of the smoke around Noah Hannafin because Bill Zito, he knows what he's got in the cupboard. Bill Zito has to know that we don't have the trade capital to make a move like Hannafin. I, I think that there's a little bit of driving up the price uh, in, in the Florida and Hannafin rumors. And then every GM in the national hockey league knows the Florida Panthers don't have the draft, you know, to do it. So, Unless you could talk to a player and, and you know, this isn't the summer though. You can't talk to a player on another right. team about a contract extension. Um, and, and that changes things. So if you, if you're, you're bringing in Hannafin, you're rolling the dice um, and that could push down the price too, because you know, if, if Calgary thought that uh, Hannafin's going there and he's going to stay there, that's a different ask. Right. But 
Um, Calgary's going to have an opportunity to, 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 to really get some future assets here at this deadline and, yeah. and maybe even in the summer. So, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're just waiting They're It's a seller's market for them. Question for the three of you. Do you know where Noah Hannafin is from, where he was born, where he was Isn't raised he from Boston? Boston, New Hampshire, Boston, Boston Texas. Yeah. Boston, Texas, <laughs> uh, in a town, in Massachusetts called Norwood, about 13 miles southwest of Boston, according to Wikipedia, which, of course, has never lied to me ever. It's it's always been reliable. But, you know, in this case, I I buy it. And who's obviously going to be somebody the Panthers are considering as a rival for, let's say, a final four spot. Uh, and they're fighting for the top spot in the Atlantic Division right now. That's the Bruins. And they've been connected to Hannafin. Yeah, but they're asset poor yeah. as well. I mean, they went all like just like the Panthers went all in two years ago. They went mm-hmm. all in last year. Any any player that's ever even stepped foot in New England is linked to to, to Boston. It, it's you know, <laughs> it, it's the Montreal Canadiens effect, you know. If they're for, if they're from Quebec or speak French, they want to yeah. play for, you know, they want to play for it, it. That's just how it is. The Boston media is always gonna grind you. But listen, Boston could definitely use a player like Hannafin. But but like Alex said, they're in the same spot Florida is. They they went all in last year. They cashed their chips. So well, they do. They do have Matthew Potra, just like the Panthers have Anton Lindell, and you know they haven't necessarily taken him off the table. From what we've heard, the insiders say that obviously they aren't eager to trade him because if they were, he'd probably be gone. But the Bruins have that bullet in the chamber, and the Panthers have the Anton Lundell bullet in the chamber. And do you think, I mean, the, the other team that's rumored to be interested in Hannafin's Tampa Bay, um, looking at the standings, um, if if they lose a couple more in the next week, 10 days, are, are they really going to do pull something like that up? Yeah, with I them, just, I don't even know what the roster player is. Because We're saying the Bruins have a roster yeah. player they could move. Panthers have a roster player they could move. Tampa doesn't have a pick that's attractive and they also don't really have that young player that's wowing yeah. everybody yeah so anyway I, mean, I, I i just don't know if, if, if that maybe the, the tampa thing might be more smoke and mirrors than anything else you know because are they really gonna make a deal like that in the situation they're in of course you know maybe they feel like t- pittsburgh uh, you need to you know Try and squeeze a little bit less of what's out there. I don't know. Well, the thing with Tampa is anytime they make a move at the deadline, it's never a pure rental. Right. There's always an extension behind it. So I could see Tampa saying, all right, hey, this mix doesn't work. Someone out, Hannafin in, and, you know, Hannafin gets the money that of the player that went out. And then um, they still miss the playoffs. I, I want to talk about Tampa, though. Is there a more shocking result in the NHL this season outside of the Edmonton loss to the Sharks early in the season of Tampa after getting embarrassed at home by the Panthers laying an egg against the Senators <laughs> two nights later? Yeah, they uh. did not. They look, they look, their D looked pretty slow, didn't it? Yeah, that was, as, as someone who was entertainment purposes only fading bad teams, that effort from Tampa was shockingly bad. They looked awful. Let's talk about the Panthers' effort against Ottawa last night. Am I the only one who watched that game and thought that this was a win that felt like a loss considering how poor the effort was? Paul Maurice, he basically said the same thing in the post game. He was like, yeah, we had like one or two good players. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, these things happen. It was just one of those weird games. I mean, they were coming off a road trip. They had just won 9-2. to two. I mean, this is, you know, Paul explained this on Monday. He spelled out how things might go and how they did go. Um, it was just one of those nights. It was Ottawa on a Tuesday night, just like we, you know, we've used that yeah. example many a time. It was Ottawa on a Tuesday night in February. Yeah. Those things happen. I mean, and it's as simple as that. But Paul's like, we're not looking at the tape. I'm not practicing today. See y'all in Raleigh. Let's go. That's <laughs> that was it. They won. They, they got the win. That's all they fine. We won. We lost. Don't care. Let's go. This comment is more for the audience than anything. I uh, if you're the kind of person who after that president's trophy season looked back and said, Man, it's really stupid that we cared 
to praise regular season consistency because I that doesn't matter to me right now. And then maybe you're after that Ottawa game thinking, man, I'm so disappointed that they didn't play well in that regular season game. Like, right, right. You can't unless you really want the president's trophy. Come on. You know, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to have a good seed. They're going to have uh, home ice in the first round. I think we can relax. Like, even if they lost 9 nothing, I'd probably be saying the same thing. <laughs> well, they got the two points anyway. And and it was, and I, I, I brought it up and I made the comment of more of how jarring it was to see how poor the effort was and how out of the game plan they were because they haven't done that much at all. Maybe the Philly game right after the All-Star break, but like even when they had those losing streaks, they were playing good hockey and you know, really dominating those games and just either having a bad night goaltending or the pucks weren't ending up in the back of the net. Like that Ottawa game, it it really just felt like the Panthers were like, Oh, we're the better team on the ice. We're gonna play with our food and see if we can make sports centers top ten. And all of a sudden they found themselves in a two-two game. And yeah talent won out and they won that game. But, you know, I was just shocked that, you know, and kind of what TJ was saying, consistency, consistency. This has been a team that's been consistently excellent for months now. So to see them be that mediocre was jarring to me. Yeah, Two quick things on that. Just Panthers were up one, nothing 13 seconds in. So score effects and also score effects of the whole season. Panthers don't need the points. Senators badly needed them. So who's trying harder senators. Yeah, but that's marginal because it didn't even look like auto. I mean, it was like both teams were just passing the puck around the ice. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I sent out the tweet. It looked like, you know, the Panthers playing that road game that they, you know, they were just like playing, like you said, playing around. They were passing the puck around. And it was like a football game being played between the 20s. It just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Nothing was really happening. Yes, Ekblad got that goal one nothing, And Maurice even said that late in you know uh, lend it into them to, to the to, to their malaise i mean you win nine two you outscore your opponents what 18 four 18 five on a road trip you come home you're playing ottawa on a tuesday again those things happen they end up getting the win move on and how it's- great is it that that ottawa on a tuesday thing Seasons past, that's a loss that we just forget about the next day. That's a loss in front of ten thousand people. <laughs> right. This year it's a win. Uh, ten thousand. This, this year it's a win in front of nineteen thousand. Right. We looked around the career like this is Ottawa on a Tuesday. It's packed. That, that was <laughs> that was going to be where my segue to was. Normally it's Ottawa, five thousand people in the stands, and it looked packed last night. And you there. Obviously, in attendance, saw that yeah, it was, it was packed, a, so it was a good crowd. I can tell you that was not an easy ticket because I didn't end up going because of how hard a ticket it was. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, on on a Tuesday, yeah, you used to be able to get those. You used to be able to get club club red for seventy five yeah. bucks. That's that's in the drop. door for ten bucks and sneak into the one hundreds because who cares? No, no, <laughs> not, good crowd and, not that and we would do anything like that, right? Plus, there was all the hype about the Kachuk Bowl and who's going to fight who, and none of that True. stuff really materialized. I mean, yeah, you had Bob, you know, shove uh, Brady, but, you know, none of that stuff really came together. So, I mean, it was just kind of deadsville. Plus, you listen, somebody was asking me about the, all the fights and stuff. Ottawa was a was a depressed, angry team the last time these two. They, they, they had seen their season already kind of slip away in November. Yeah. They were supposed to be a playoff team, and here they were just stinking it up. Uh, they were feisty against the Panthers in November. Now, eh, they are what they are. They're just kind of playing. With, you know, they got no weight on their shoulder. They're just playing. So they weren't as angry. Nobody saw this season coming for them. <laughs> Nobody. No, that's what I heard. Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> I was looking for a prop bet uh, for an over-under on total penalty minutes. I'm glad there wasn't one. Because I would have taken the over and I would have yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah, they had what 167 the last time out, and last night was what 20. Yeah, I mean there it wasn't much. Yeah, I, it was, it, was there even a fighting penalty last night? I, uh, Gadjevich. I, mean, I don't know if he got called for fighting though. I know he had two fights against Tampa. Lombard did get fined for elbow. That's what I'm thinking. Right, but he didn't get a penalty. 
Right. <laughs> well, that that that's that's asking for confidence from NHL officiating, George. Come on. I just, you know, I just was saying that. That's all. It's Sometimes, not a Panther pre episode without Alex bringing up the refs. I didn't say anything negative of how they hurt the Panthers. All I just said is they were incompetent. In this way, in this case, it favored the Panthers considering us a, a finable hit yeah, and not, not a, penalty. a penalty on the ice. I got, I got something that's Panthers related, but it really isn't about the Panthers per se. George, uh, something that we've kind of talked about in the last like month or so is what the preferred playoff matchup is. And I'm curious as to what your opinion on, let's say the stance that I was kind of taking, what your opinion on this stance, which is the Leafs are about as good as the Devils, the Penguins, the Islanders, the Flyers, whoever that wild card team would be that you'd be playing if you won the division. So I wasn't all that concerned about it. What's your personal opinion? No, because I think after last year, I, I think that they just just they're like Tampa, right? I, I think Florida's of the mind that just tell us where we're going. We're home on Tuesday night against Toronto. Okay, all right, cool. We're going yeah. to Boston. All right. I, I think that's really how they look at it. I, I, I don't think that they're gonna bag games to to avoid a team or to avoid you know winning the the President's Trophy or something like that. And I don't think they're gonna go all in in game 82, you know, to, to, to win the Atlantic. I, I, I think if, if they're, they're satisfied where they're at, that's how they're going to deal with things. But, you know, as of right now, who they got, who, the Panthers are the one seed they've got Detroit right now yeah, on right points now. percentage. It would be Tampa. It would be Florida, Tampa. And thank God for that. Would it be Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's, on points Detroit. percentage. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Tampa's got five, <laughs> 57 right 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 you're absolutely right um right so florida tampa first round and, and it you know if florida drops to the two and maybe tampa makes a run it could be florida tampa is the two three in the atlantic who knows but yeah um i don't think florida is going to avoid tampa or avoid you know anybody i think they're just whoever it is it is tampa is going to avoid florida by missing the playoffs yeah, they just might, right? I mean, you look at these. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay could be the odd team out. I would drop the mic, but this was expensive. <laughs> I did a drop the mic motion. I don't know if you caught that. Do you think that they would look into load management for uh, guys other than Bob? You think Barkov might sit, you know, before game eighty-two here, here and there? Uh, it depends what what spot they're in. I mean, let's not, you know, in twenty twenty-two, Andrew Burnett sat players right uh that last that last the last two games huberto barkov didn't play a couple other guys didn't play but they had extra players on the roster they should have extra players on the roster this year because they they've got you know cap space to bring up additional players um i don't know i i i I think they are very careful with barkov so you know if he has any, if he has, he wakes up with a chill. Yeah, they probably sent him. I mean, they, they, I mean, they are. They just, they, you know, he's, he's, he drives this bus, yeah. and they don't want anything to happen to to, to Barkov. So, if if he twists his ankle playing uh, tennis, you know, he's not playing. Well, Ekblad is fine, right? He, I'm assuming Tampa was precautionary reasons. It didn't look like any. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he he said it was just a. A minor thing. He was back at practice on Monday, and he was the first guy on the ice. So yeah, he was he was good to go. And then scored a goal 19 seconds into the game. I, I'm pretty sure he's all right. No, yeah. yeah, he played yeah. a good game. I, I I think the beautiful thing about this season, as opposed to previous uh, seasons past, including the last Presidents Trophy season, there's really no one in the East that scares me. I'm I'm not saying the Panthers have no. an easy route to the cup final, but there is nobody. There is not a single team in the Eastern Conference that makes me think, uh, well, the Panthers might have trouble against, you know, Boston or the Rangers. Like I, I don't think that about anyone in the conference. I am like this season is amazing. I'm I'm so genuinely confident in the Panthers' ability to win any and every game in a way that I've never been before. Yeah, well, there's good reason for that. I mean, they've 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 shown you that they could. Uh, winning the the Boston series was 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 just so unbelievable. You, there's no way they can carry that over into Toronto, right? And then they, 
win the first two in Toronto, come here with the 2-0 and then win in five. And yeah, but Carolina's had their number and they end up, you know, going five overtimes in game one and win that series in a sweep. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this team can beat anybody. They can yeah. beat anybody in the East. They can beat anybody in the West. And it, it, I'm not saying they would have beaten Vegas last year if everybody had been healthy, but it certainly would have helped. Yeah. It certainly would have been it would have been better than a five game series, in my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't want to talk about that again. But too, when we saw those injury lists, I mean, it's always crazy for NHL teams, but that one was pretty absurd by yeah. any standard. And the ten day rest um, certainly didn't help. Sh- uh, shifting away from the the Panthers, uh, Yarmir Yager's name went up in the rafters in Pittsburgh. Pretty cool ceremony. He did he did uh, pregame skate with them in the morning. Uh, skated with them in warm-ups. They all wore the mullets, Yager 68 jerseys. Uh, one, what are your thoughts on that? And then uh, two, when are the Panthers doing their, their ceremony for Yager? Well, you guys are laughing, but I'm the one that, you know, I, 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 if you can tell from my story, I'm all for retiring Yager 68. I think he meant that much to the to the organization. Yes, he only played here two-plus years, uh, came to the team at the you know the dead before the deadline in 2015, um, but he just brought a positive spotlight to this organization, and what he did for the young players on this team that is still being felt today, whether they're playing for the Panthers or not, um, he just had such an impact on this team. I don't think it's 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 measurable. And I'm not saying you retire it right now, but once he's officially in the Hall of Fame, yeah, bring him out here. Um, Barkov is is the player Barkov is, thanks exactly. in part to, to Yager. So is Huberdo, Vinny uh, Trocek, um, Aaron Ekblad, all those guys. Those, those, those guys, they were all kids, and they watched Yager every single day. He would not let those guys off the ice, and those guys are now the last guys on the ice. And, and they realized – you see Barkov doing the same workout stuff that Yager brought to this team, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Barkov's yeah, still doing that stuff. He's still got the stick on the cable pull um, with the weights on it. I mean, Barkov still does the Yager workout. Um, certainly hasn't hurt him. I honestly, George, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, you're right. Yeah, it's only two and a half years, which is not a lot. But for all of those reasons and the simple reason of, you had NHL le- a legend on your roster for a non-zero uh, amount of time, and he had that kind of impact. You take like you take the like, victory lap and you put it in there, and that way, you know, twenty years from now, you could you know people can point to that jersey and be like, "Hey, that guy that you hear about that's in the Hall of Fame that everyone tells stories about, he played for this team." And look, there's his jersey. I was there, there. the day they announced and the trade. You know that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, you, 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 you keeps the story alive. And honestly, they should do the same thing for Pavel Bure. Yes, it was only two and a half years, but he was an absolute god for the team for those two and a half years. And he is a god in the NHL community. You celebrate the fact that you had them as part of your organization. Well, in that case, you know, Vancouver's kind of fixed that, you know, a lot of teams do the, the ring of honor instead of the retired number. And that kind of fixes those kind of things, yeah. right? that you can put the Pavel Berets and then you know, those guys in the ring of honor and not retire their number. I think Vancouver did Roberto Luongo a disservice by putting him in the ring of honor and not retiring number one, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but the Panthers don't have that and they probably will never have that. So I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of pushback on it because, you know, he wasn't here long enough, but who else is going to retire Yager's number? Nobody. There's got to be Florida. God, no. Yeah, I, I think the case for Florida well, retiring Yager's number is a lot simpler than you're making it, Alex. Ready? He was a Panther when he passed Messier to be the second highest scorer in NHL history. End of argument. Exactly. It was a milestone a night when, when he and Luongo were here. It was either Luongo hitting some kind of milestone or it was Yager doing yep. something. It was every night was something that was being celebrated. And, and let's not forget, when 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 Yager came here in 2015, the Panthers were, you know, you know, back to the old uh, their 
five games out, but they have, you know, three in hand or whatever those days. Um, he made it kind of cool to, to players wanted to start coming here again. And they, and they yeah. hadn't wanted to do that. And that, you know, I think well, Yager kind of started some things down here that, that, that maybe um, hadn't happened before. So anyway, yeah, I think it'd be cool. You know, you're never going to top what happened in Pittsburgh. That was that was as cool a retirement ceremony as you're going to see. Um, and, and, and you know, mostly because it's Yogs. I mean, it's just Yogs. That's him. Yeah, um, one of but one. But you could still you could still do some great things for him. And it's not like he's the only guy who's ever whose number's ever going to be retired here. You got a bunch more coming um, down the road. But you know. Do it while Barkov's still here. I'd, I'd like to, you know, I, I should talk to Barkov about it. See what he thinks. Yeah. I mean, you're only and about fact, 15 years next away from retiring Barkov, 16. Yeah. I'll, next time I see Barkov, I'll ask him. All right. So speak, speaking of Vinny Trocek, I, I, I do want to loop back to one last Yager thing, but I think it's it's appropriate to end the episode for reasons that will become clear when we do. Um, Vincent Trocek taking part in what – has to go down as the best outdoor game in NHL history. The furious Rangers comeback over the, the uh, Islanders. The picture of Yager. What were you saying, Alex? I couldn't hear you. I thought you were about to talk about Vinny telling the story of Yager in bed with the the model. Oh, that was and Vinny not paying her off because damn, I look good. Oh my, that God. was Vinny. Yeah, he oh, I thought, I thought the picture at, just uh, at the retirement ceremony. He said, "You know, my my girlfriend was too young to have watched me play." Something along those lines. I don't remember the exact quote. Yeah, it, it, it's not the same girlfriend. It's not the same girlfriend. Yeah, that, yeah, but it's it's you know the same yeah. the same thought applies sort of. Uh, anyway, right, that was uh, one of my that was one of my funniest things when we asked it real quick. We asked Yager about that whole thing when the when the when the girl who wasn't his girlfriend took the selfie in bed, and it was like it was so. What happened? Yager goes, it cost me a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> that's another new one that's amazing i've never heard that part of the story oh yeah we i was i was yeah, like that's new that's Yager amazing was we would i would just hang around that's his locker store and be like talk go over here come here and then you want to tell me something stupid he was the best just the best an, ab- an absolute <laughs> right. uh, off-season podcast with george Yager I, I, I love Yager. i mean and just the best i mean i i can't say enough about the the time we had here with him he was he was a terrific terrific influence on the team on that locker room and it was just he sat in that corner by luongo and it was like a night it was like a it was like a bar scene it was like just people always over there there was always people gathered around luongo and yaker in that corner and you know, then you've got Nick Bugstad just watching it with his wide eyes like what's going on here towering over them those were best thing Luongo ever did was convince Yager to bring that was awesome. Up. That was sick, yeah. So speaking of stuff that was sick, the the outdoor game, the Rangers comeback. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Six yeah. five was the final, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, just I I, six, I don't five on a review. It had two this game had left. everything. This game was so awesome. Yeah, it was I mean, great. Eighty thousand people in uh, the Meadowlands, now known as MetLife Stadium. Great Rangers comeback. Panarin was awesome. Uh, Alex, yeah. Alexis Frenier looked really good. Adam Fox, great pass to set up the game tying goal. Only thing that wasn't really great about this was the Islanders jerseys. Not not really feeling those. Yeah, they didn't look good, but the uh, the rain those Ranger jerseys look tight. I I like those. Yeah, and the, the Devils jerseys the night good. before were really good. Yeah. yeah, but the oversized NYR was cool. I really like the Rangers uh, Stadium Series jersey this year. Yeah, I thought they were great. So the question remains: When do the Panthers get an outdoor game? Because Columbus was just awarded one, which I think yeah. makes the Panthers Columbus. the last team to get one. Yeah, but Columbus—they've been working on this one for a while. They've, they've always wanted to do. Ever since they did the one at Michigan Stadium, they've wanted to do one at Ohio Stadium. So. Um, this one's been in the works for a long, long time. Ohio State has been the ones mucking it up, um, not the NHL. Naturally. Not the it's been Ohio State that's been pushing back. They even said now they've got to winterize the, the, the pipes or something dumb. I mean, I, it just makes no sense. So um, when will Florida get one? Listen, with the way the weather's been going, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. It was 78. It was 80 degrees. Not, I mean, what do you – 
it would work at Marlins Park. I've been saying it forever. It will work at Marlins Park in February. Does the, does the NHL care? Probably not. But that whole thing where they said they were going to have one at Raymond James Stadium is just an absolute joke. That's never going to happen. You're never going to have a game outside in Tampa. Their weather isn't that much cooler than here. Maybe a little bit, but not not enough to do that. So send it up to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Gainesville. You're never going to Tallahassee. Honestly, any of those would work. But they're not. The NHL isn't going to send one of their two of their teams that far away from their home base. They're not going to do that. That game in Tallahassee would would get thirty thousand people. Yeah, I don't know about that. What about that game at South Bend? It's not very close to either team. I don't think it's not far from Chicago. Yeah, but it's also South South Bend. Bend. It's Chicago. That's not. Yeah, it's that. Those were original six teams. That's a different story between Tampa Bay and the Panthers playing in Jacksonville. Um, You're not going to get seventy thousand in Jacksonville. It's just you're just not. Now, now, could you get forty thousand at Marlins Park? Absolutely, you could. You know. I, and maybe when Tampa Bay gets a new ballpark, maybe it's played there. I don't know. I I mean, look, we're we're obviously not going to get the home right. game anytime soon, but I think it's fair to say, how the hell have the Panthers not been the road team in one? Because of the, like because the Panthers are just now picking up steam as far yep. as being a, a, a league darling. That's why. I mean, I I think the NHL now is at least listening to the Panthers as one of those teams. <laughs> like, hey, we could put the Panthers in Boston and Fenway and it wouldn't just be a Boston thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, listen, they're, they're, they are now, they are now a, uh, a team that the, the networks and the league loves to promote. I mean, they're exciting. They haven't always been. So, yeah. I mean, listen, they're fighting that they're, they're that, that, Oh, you know, the, Where's the next outdoor game? The winter, the winter classic next year. It's going to be back at Wrigley Field, Chicago. going against college football playoff games. I mean, the ratings are not going to be very good. Um, they really need to make a splash ratings wise. So they need to, they need, they need their Chicago teams. They need Detroit. They need their original six teams to drive that bus. You got it this week. It was in New York. That's huge. You had Philadelphia, you had Jersey, the Rangers, and the Islanders. That equals ratings, you know? So that's that's another thing. We'll, we'll see what happens. But the Panthers will get one eventually. But for now, they'll just go to Finland again. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. We didn't mention that. Panthers and Stars are going to be playing in Finland. Uh, Barkov's uh, yeah, hometown, a right? Pair. You definitely can't trade Anton Lundell before, before taking the team <laughs> to Finland. Well, he's not Again. from there, but he's from he's Finnish, but he's not from yeah Tampere, So, but yeah, he's no, from I mean, they're not listen. They're not getting rid of him. J- Jake Gensel's grandparents were Finnish. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's that's I made that up. That's completely fake. Well, um, if if we're if we're loading up on uh, Finns, then you know you got to bring back Borgstrom and uh, Patrick Line. Come on yeah. down. As long I'll as he's pass on to- Borgstrom. Your Blue Jackets are having a night tonight. How, how much are they down? They are up time, three George? nothing on six shots. That's pretty funny. Please tell me they're playing Tampa. Damn. <laughs> the Duckies. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was gonna say I can't. I can't. The Ducks that. have been woof. All right. Um, plug Florida Hockey Now before we do this. Oh sure, come on over to FloridaHockeyNow.com. Check out all our coverage of the Florida Panthers each and every day. From myself, George Richards, Colby D. Guy, and Alan Greenberg, we've got uh, the best Panther coverage anywhere. I mean, that's not just me saying it. I mean, it, we've got the best can- coverage anywhere. So come Better check than the coverage here. I can tell you that yeah, much. Yeah. FloridaHockeyNow.com. Come check it out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at George Richards. Visit the uh, Florida Hockey Now YouTube channel. Definitely do that. The YouTube content is picking up these days, and we appreciate all that. Uh, so I want to end the episode uh, and seeing Yager, his retirement and the traveling Yagers in the audience. I wanted to commemorate uh, Trevor Freeman, the traveling Yager that uh, I, I, I can't remember if he was on the show. He was. Or if, uh, yeah, we were coordinating with that with him. And then I got to meet him in New York, traveling Yags. Uh, following the Panthers uh, at MSG, watching Yogs play. 
I got to sit with them. It was the thrill of a lifetime. Uh, great time with those guys after the game. Trevor was a, a total sweetheart. He had no reason to be as generous with us and especially me as he was. And unfortunately, he passed away last year. And I wanted to just commemorate that. I don't know if we got to discuss that on the show. Uh, he was a great guy. It was really sad. You know, he had a, a young family and everything. Uh, and the it was good to see the Yogs back out there for the Yogs retirement night. But um, I'm missing, missing Trevor for sure. And I, I wanted to say rest in peace. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers.